I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome back to Old School. I'm Rick Lasky along with my buddy John Salka. And uh, my buddy John Salka, we just uh, we just made it through. In fact, uh, we're still kind of defrosting here. Uh, buddy, we got we got the weather you get or that they get in Chicago uh, down here in Texas, buddy. I mean, I know the whole country uh, pretty much went through a cold spell here. But um, down the south, we got our ass handed to us in Texas. And uh, all kidding aside with the north versus south when it comes to weather and south versus north and all that, uh, a lot of snow and it was cold, buddy. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> well, you no, know, but it, listen, I know it was I know it was real because especially, you know what I feel bad? Not about the snow or the cold, but about the electricity being out. That's tough. You know, in any season, any time of day or night, you lose electricity for a couple of days. That's tough on families and kids and, and eating and air conditioning and heating. And man, oh, man, oh, man, that's tough. But but I understand it because the great nation of Texas has its own special, you know, uh, electrical circuit there, not connected to or, or run by the federal government like every other state has. But, uh, you know, we, that's, that's how things go. <laughs> well, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people, um, a lot of people got hurt over this. You know, there, I mean, tons, John, a uh, couple million people without electricity and then frozen pipes. And, you know, I mean, it's one thing to not have electricity, but, you know, you're talking different installations and all kinds of things when it comes to water pipes and so on and so forth here. So it's going to, you know, it's going to be more devastating. And uh, there's those people that, that died from, uh, exposure and, and not having the power to uh, keep their houses warm and the shelters. And, you know, there were some, there were some emergency management coordinators, I think did a great job. Uh, you know, the Denton County area and, and the Dallas fourth Metroplex uh, area, Louisville, uh, they had shelters open, they had churches open. They, you know, it, it is what it is. When the power company says you're going to have rolling blackouts for 15 minutes and then you have them for three days in wow. some places, it Terrible. changes, but Terrible. you know, um, some of the emergency management corners did, in fact, the majority of them did a wonderful job. Um, you know, this is what they prepare for, obviously. And then there was a couple, I think, that dropped the ball, um, that didn't pay attention, didn't heed the warnings. And, uh, you know, I think they'll, they'll, uh, they'll have some, uh, questions to answer when this is all over with, but, uh, we had some good fires, um, Wichita West, buddy. We went to, uh, assist Iowa park at a nursing home fire, uh, hats off to the Iowa park. Uh, fire department, uh, good fire, John, in a nursing home and in a, you know, a true nursing home for, for those of us, uh, uh, for, well, I'll just say for our, our, our listeners, you know, assisted living versus nursing home. I mean, I know you can have challenges in assisted living centers as well, but, you know, nursing homes with a lot of uh, 
uh, non-ambulatory uh, residents and so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of challenges. Uh, it was pretty cold, John, you know, freezing. Right, you had that terrible weather and, and oh. delays in getting apparatus to the scene because of it. Even, you know, in, in your uh, West Fire Department there, it's volunteers. They still got to get to the station just like, you know, like other places. Oh, exactly. And, but, you know, hats, like I said, hats off to Iowa Park. They did a great job. Uh, coordinated. They, they had a school right across the street, got the residents evacuated pretty quick. Um, a lot of fire in the attic. And, uh, you know, we went to help another community holiday with a uh, pretty much fully involved residents. So we were busy and, and uh, trying to keep everything from that freezing. Uh, but, uh, and now that storm, I think, is had to you, right? Or it's already there. Say again? That storm. Oh, yeah. We, we, the, the snow way getting today, and it is snowing right now, cats. Cat like raining cats and dogs, snowing cats and dogs. It uh, it's been on and off, and mostly on for over twenty four hours now. So I got up this morning. I plowed about six inches, but I think it snowed another inch or two since I put the plow away, which I'm gonna have to plow again. I try not to do it too often if I don't have to for an inch or two at a time. I wait till it. At this point, I won't even plow again today. I don't think unless it keeps really snowing. They said it's gonna stop at six. If it stops at six, I'll go out at six thirty and plow. Be done for the day, and that'll be that. So what are we gonna talk about today? Well, you know, and, and uh, let me just say one more time, hats off to those uh, all across the South that did a great job handling the weather. But I guess my, my, my question for you, buddy, is, um, and I, I, was, uh, I was put in a little bit of a situation. You and I have talked about this uh, bunches of times in classes, on this show, on our all other show, um, about tools and, and being prepared and, you know, the whole get ready and be ready and, and things like that. And, and um, um, you know, I had two situations recently, John, where, where I was presented with a little bit of a challenge. Uh, I'll just say to keep my mouth shut, if you will. And you know, that can be hard sometimes, but I would have um, failed that one. Yep. <laughs> one of them was I, I was at a, I was at a fire and, um, fire's done. We're doing some overhaul and, um, you know, we, we were, we were doing some work with some tools and, and I had a nozzle and I, I left my hook, um, with a driver of a ladder truck to say, I'm going to leave this here because I got to drag this hose up here. So, so forth. He's like, yeah, I got it. And um, when it came time to do a little work on, on the eaves, um, I said, I, I told the firefighters I was with this, hey, let me go get the hook. I'll be right back. And there was a chief that handed me uh, someone else's hook. And he says, here you go. I said, ah, you know what? Let me go get mine. That way I'm not, I'm not using somebody else's tool and they're looking for it. And he, go, and he goes, he goes, well, you know, this, this, this ain't Chicago. We, 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 you know, this is Texas. We have manners here. We're polite. We share. And I'm looking at him, John, and I'm, and I, I'm like, really, dude, you're, you're really going down that path. And he finishes his insult by saying, well, you know, we don't have the cold down here. Ha, ha, ha. This is before the, you know, the weather we got. And I'm like, okay, I, I understand. And I'm like, okay. So, so that was the first one. I, and I kept my mouth shut. So, and, and I guess, let me ask you this, before I describe this next situation, um, again, I, I've mentioned this several times for our listeners, John, you're the chief of your volunteer fire department. Let's go back to when you're a firefighter there, or when you, you know, when you change roles again in the future, how that, you know, the cycles work. You're a firefighter, you're at, you're at a mutual aid fire, you're standing there, now you get off the rig, you know what tools to bring with you, you know what tools not to bring with you, you know, these guys that bring the, I call them the Fisher Price tools, you know, the little child toys. Anyway, so you're standing there and uh, you're waiting to be put to work. You're with, you got your captain standing next to you, another firefighter. You're standing there and, and a firefighter, firefighter from another department, a uh, city department, 
um, they're doing some work and obviously they didn't bring the right tools with them. And some young firefighter comes walking over to you and says, Hey, give me your hook. I guess my question to you is what, what is your reply and why before I say what I did? Sure. All right. I, I, I you know can't say my reply. I can't say my reply. I can't say it because it's there's FCC or somebody's going to put us in jail. <laughs> if I say what I would say. Okay. I mean, but the answer to that is, I mean, are you kidding? No, no. What do you need done? I mean, generally that's what people say. What do you need? You know, I'll, I'll tell my story later about Richie, Richie bottom, one of my yeah. men in 11 truck. But the, the point is no, you know, the problem is where you were or where those folks were, that wasn't, that wasn't the, I don't know what you want to call it, the tradition. That wasn't the tradition. You wouldn't even ask somebody for their tool in New York City or on Long Island or up here in Orange County. You wouldn't even ask somebody for your tool. You'd say, hey, hey, buddy, come here, pull that down for me. You'd just go tell them what to do. Or you'd ask them what to do rather than say, give me your hook, you know, or give me your halogen. Well, and, and and I guess you know the, we were talking about the traditions and stuff and so on and so forth, um, uh, you know. And and I, I guess there's different people that feel differently about it, John. But I, I guess I was always raised, you know, in the Chicagoland area, the South Side of Chicago, that you bring your tools with you, and 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 like you said, John, you you know, you do the whole, um, you know, if I'm standing there and somebody says, "Hey, pass me your hook," you know, and and the the question the the question that you know would come out of my mouth is just like you said, okay, what do you, yeah, what do you need done? No, I just hand me your hook. No, 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 no. What do you need done? And, and, and I'll, let me, let me explain what I, so I'm standing there with my captain and a firefighter. Now I know, you know, in the eyes of some big city firefighters, you know, when you're a lowly volunteer firefighter standing there, easy you know, on the big city firefighters now. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, this definitely wasn't a big, they think they're big city firefighters, but he wasn't, but anyway, so I'm standing there, John. And, this young, this young guy, I'm watching him now. And I, I leaned over to one of our firefighters and I said, see, not one person brought a hook long enough to do any work. They all brought the little ones, which they had to get ladders to get up to what they were going to pull. And that's a, that's a, that's a, a story for another, you know, topic another or another day. show that we talked about, you know, another day. But I, I'm, before we left the rig, I said, I'm grabbing two hooks. I'm grabbing the, you know, the six footer and I'm bringing the long one because I'm looking at this building. You're going to, if we're going to pull anything, we're going to need it, you know, for a pie. So I'm standing there and I, I see they're not getting anywhere. And I see this young, I mean, young firefighter turns and he sees me, comes walking all the way across. And he goes, Hey, give me your hook. And, and I said, no. And he goes, really? I go, yes, really? I go, what, what do you need done? And he goes, uh, um, um, I need this pull over here. And I go, okay, show me. And I'll, I'll talk to my captain, you know, I'm like, and, and, and my, my whole point, was, I mean, I guess I was like, you know, where I have issues with it, John is. So I give my tool away. Number one, I give him my hook. And then the incident commander puts us to work in another part of the building. Now, now what, I have to walk all the way over across the park and like get my hook from this guy to go do my job, you know, instead of if he had just brought the right shit in the first place, and, and, you know, and my first thought was without getting lippy, because, you know, you and I, we, we talk about all the time, everybody's got an ego, but don't confuse confidence with, co you know, for cockiness. I, my first thought was, you know, and you and I've jokingly said this before, I got, I got more time waiting for water than you got in the firehouse, you know, than you got in the fire, you know, to this young, and he looks at me and I'm like, I, I was just astounded. The way he said that was like, I owed him something. And I'm like, and I'll give you an example. It wasn't like he came up and say, said, Hey brother, can you, you know, can, can you, you know, let me use your, or I'm standing next to him 
and we're working together. You know, we're working on the same side of the building and he goes, hey, he's trying to get up. Hey, let me hit it for a sec. You know, right? Like kind of we're partners working, you know what I'm saying? But, but I, I, I mean, did I take that wrong? I mean, I know I've been doing this 40 plus years and I don't give up my tools to nobody. I don't give the nozzle up to anybody. You know, I don't, I don't give my I, tools I up. I fully agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent. And, um, and just from the way it was said, you know, the way you relayed the story, obviously there was all a, a piece of this is his attitude. A piece of this is his phraseology. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, give me a hook. Like, oh yes. Yes. Almighty King Cuba. Here's the hook. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, like you owed him something, right? Yeah. So you think it'd be nicer, like you said, if he came over and said, hey, brother, give me the hook or come on over and pull something for me. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know why somebody would talk like that, number one. Number two, the minute said no, should have been like, all right, then, come here. Get this done for me. And it shouldn't even I can't even understand the, really? Like he was questioning your refusal, too, which is a little odd, you know? And and my third my third point is, where's his tool? If he's coming over to get your tool, where's his tool? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Another guy without a tool. Well, and that was my thing was, you know, and just out of habit, you know, I've always been that way. And and just these flyers we went to recently, I would look, I had uh, Joe, Joe Dillon. I taught Joe grew up, lives near you. He's in the Air Force. So he's a good, good young, good young firefighter. Um, he's a full-time the Air Force, a uh, volley out there near you, Rockland County, brothers, dads, everybody. And um he knows that we talk you know, ahead of time. What you grabbing? You know, we're pulling up. I'm driving. You know, we, I'll grab the irons. Okay, I'll grab. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab both hooks. Actually, you know, the six footer. I'm gonna bring the long one just you know, just for yucks. You know, and you know, John, when you walk up and you know, I've talked about this before, and you're watching crews get off rigs with nothing in their hands. They're, they're, I'm watching guys get off of apparatus with nothing in their hands, and or as they walk up, they go to the rigs that are in front that already let out, stretched out. They start going through compartments. They start looking for tools on there. And I'm like, why didn't you bring your own stuff with you? First off, right. secondly, I don't want to use somebody else's hook. I don't know. You know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable with the one I'm using. Um, and I'm not trying to make a big deal out of nothing here or, or a big deal out of something small. You know, it's the whole ownership thing. It's the whole, are you ready? And, and, and I actually turned around and I looked, I looked at one of my guys and I said, you, you know, the freaking arrogance just you know that i guess that's what gets me instead of the you know you, you claim to be a, a a brother or a firefighter or you know part of this family and all this stuff you don't treat people like like crap and 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 claim to be part of that family and um i i just i just sat there and then i watched this guy work john i watched this guy work and there were the rest of my answers so i'm watching him use a hook and i'm going well, here's another guy that obviously didn't spend any time in the academy when he was, you know, in the academy learning how to use a hook because, you know what I'm saying? When you watch somebody with tools, you're going, oh, well, obviously no one's taught them how to do this right, stuff. Right. And, and and don't get me wrong, this fire department, they have some really good firefighters. They have some really good firefighters and some really good officers. This is like the second time in a row I've seen something like this, but um, maybe it was the same crew. I don't know. But um I just, that's all. I want to get your, your read on that because I've always taught my guys, John, you don't give up your tools. You get off the rig. You're, 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 what's the phrase you use? We say it all the time. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and I know let's talk about, let's not talk about the Bronx. I know how, well, let me ask you this. So 45. Listen, if, it, it, it's, it's not a Bronx thing. It's not an FDNY thing. No. You talk to guys from Chicago, you talk to guys from, you know, I can't imagine that any career fire department of any size 
doesn't have tool assignments and job assignments to some degree. All right. That's number one. Number two, there's nothing you can do in the fire department. If you arrive at a scene of any kind of emergency on an engine or a truck or a rescue, you must have something in your hand. Otherwise, all the people on the side of the road would just be running out and extricating people from cars or putting fires out. You know what I'm saying? Like we come with gear and tools because the gear and tools are necessary. So it's not like a second thought. Oh, 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 let me grab a tool just in case I need one. No. When you step off the rig, the first step, the second thing you do should be either open a compartment or turn back around and reach into the one you just got out of, or maybe just get off with the tools right from where you were sitting. But the whole point is you are nothing. You don't even exist at the fire or emergency scene unless you have something in your hand, whether it's a hose line, whether it's you know a small, a small hand tool or a set of irons or a hearse tool or whatever it is. That's what firefighters do. Now, you know, I had some issues in, in, in the volunteer fire department when I was chief, you know, recently even. Young guys, young new guys, they take their firefighter one, they take all their classes and stuff, but some of the stuff they just don't teach them. Some of the guys do, because some of the guys are good, good firefighters that are broken in and they're instructors too. But some of them aren't. Some of them are just decent instructors, but they don't have any real, you know, history or traditions in the firehouse. But my point is, I told guys, I said, I don't want to see another guy at the scene of an MVA or any other type of an incident without a tool in your hand and preferably two and preferably a set of irons or, uh, you know, an ax uh, and a hook or a halogen and a hook or something. I said, and now I'm, I comment all the time. When I go to MVAs, there'll be three, four guys. Everybody's got either an ax or a halogen in their hand. I go to even a gas leak. We went to a gas leak the other night. I said, guys, if you're going into somebody's house, you got to be carrying something in with you. I got, you know, the officer or the chief might have the gas detector. Everybody else should have a tool. We might have to pop a door. We might have to chalk a door. We, we might have to make a hole in the wall. This odor might be a fire and we have to go right to work. There's a lot of things that can happen. You know, I remember you telling the story so many times about a company walking down a block, you know, for a multiple alarm with no tools in their hands. Oh, we're going to see what you want us to do. We're going to go back and get the tools. I mean, I've never heard anything so ridiculous in my, in my life. Could you imagine a cop getting out of the car, walking up to you? And he leaves his gun belt and his ticket book and his hat in the car. He comes up and says, okay, I just want to make sure you're going to stop now. Uh, hold on, I'll be right back. And you run back to the car to get his ticket book. I mean, you could do a hundred examples of that. A, a lather. A, 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 can you imagine a guy building a house? Leaves his hammer and everything else and his tool belt in the truck. And he goes up to the house on the construction. Okay, I'm ready to go to work, boss. All right, good. Help them guys with them beams. I got to run back to my truck, get my, get my hammer. It just doesn't make any sense at all. There's no sense to it. And the point is, if somebody's asking you for your tool, either the tool they have doesn't work or they don't have a tool, in which case, like you said, this goes back to the brotherhood thing. I, I can remember doing this 100 times as a captain and a lieutenant, yelling in the smoke, hey, who's got a hook? I need a hook over here. And all of a sudden, out of the smoke, <coughs> comes some dirty-ass fireman with his mustache all shitted up, and, <laughs> you know, and he's got a hook. What do you need, boss? Right there. I need a hole right there. And all of a sudden, there's a hole. That, that, that's as easy as that. I mean, I don't know how much easier it could be. Well, and, you know, and I, I, I remember people like Chief Jack McCaslin. You've heard me talk about the legend, Chief Jack McCaslin, the Southside, you know, and Chief Eddie Enright and their thoughts on, you know, getting off the rig, ready to do battle, get off dressed, get off with your BA, you know, Eddie, sit with your BA on your back, you know, get off. If you're not dragging hose, you're not ready to drag hose and you're grabbing tools, don't show up empty handed. And, and all the years of teaching, John, all the years as an officer, I've always tried to push that because, and we've talked about this a lot, you know how competitive we both are, you know, and I mean that in a good way, not the stupid, 
you know, ridiculous competitiveness, but I want to be picked first. I want Chief Salka to pick me first. I want him to look around and go, well, obviously those guys came to work because they had their tools with them and they're ready to go. You mentioned that crew. That was at a third alarm fire. And I, I you know, I needed to relieve some companies. We still were fighting fire. And I called them, I, I, I called, you know, I said, send me two engines and a truck from staging. And they walked all the way down the block without any gear on. Not not with their bunker pants, John, Karen, they had nothing on. And they come, they come down, they go, what do you chief? I said, where's, where's your stuff? They go back in the room. We figured we'd come down and ask you what you want. We'll go back and get it. I said, I'll tell you what, we, you know, and you, this is the story you're alluding to. I said, ah, we, we got it. We got it. I want you guys to go home. Really? Yeah, pick up, go home. All right, all right. So they walked down, they got in the rig and they drove away. And I said, a little self-command, go ahead and give me a fourth alarm. And their chief later asked me, you know, about a week later, what, what happened? I said, cause you guys walked all, they drove from your firehouse all the way you know, to a fire, a fire. Now that's going multiple arms. They get called for an assignment. They walk down the block. They don't bring anything with them, let alone their dress. And dude, really, you're asking me, you're asking me why I sent them home. What assignment could I give them that I feel confident they're even going to achieve? You know, now, now, John, do firefighters mess up and, you know, young firefighters, young, young, young firefighters, you know, that one time, you know, forget to grab something, get off the rig usually one of your senior guys turns around and says what to him? You know, I'm walking behind you and I didn't grab nothing. I'm your probie. And you see that and you tell me what? What do you tell me? Go back and do what? Tools. Yeah. Go go back go back and grab something. What are you doing? No, go back. You're supposed to be carrying this. Or what seat were you in? Or even if you weren't in a seat, if you're in an apartment where, you know, maybe you don't do the necessary the tool assignments per seat because it depends on who's riding where. I, you and I've talked about that plenty of times where it's like, well, that's a discussion. You're on the way. Hey, John, what are you grabbing? I'll grab the iron. Like I did with Joe. What do you got? I'm going to grab the irons. Okay. I'll grab the hooks. You know, that even way if we're... you do that when you get there, even if there's no tool assignments, that's fine. We know this place has only got well, my, my, my son, Brian down there in, in North Charleston. You know, he's the only guy in the crew compartment most of the time. Once in a while, there's another guy with him, but most of the time it's him. He doesn't have an assignment. He gets off the regular boss is going to have to put him on something. He's going to have to grab the appropriate tool for it. But even if you just had two guys back there, you hop off the rig and say, Billy, I'll take the axe, you take the halligan, or whatever. You st- the thought should never be to walk away and let's figure out what we need later. You know what I'm saying? So, and that, look, here's a little crossover with like the senior man discussion we've had before. You know, the more senior guys say, Billy, where are you going? Grab something. Oh, okay, thanks, Tommy. You know, and he grabs the hook and he gets reminded by the senior guy. The boss don't even have to tell him, maybe, you know? So, well, and this was. You know, and I know, and, and I'm, and look, I'm a firefighter where I'm, where I'm helping out, you know, uh, I'm trying to do the best job I can for the chief. I got a great fire chief there, you know, chief Ryan Fetzer. Um, we've got some pretty, pretty cool crews, John, just like your guys do. I mean, I looked the other night, I said, man, now's the time for our structure fire. I'm looking at retired guys, air force guys, army forest service people, people with time, you know, like the all-star crews, you know, to put the two rigs on. And, and that actually ended up what would happen and, and I'm, I'm kind of like, well, that, 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 that kind of seems presumptive on your, your, your part to think we're all just a bunch of jamokes, you know, a bunch of useless, you know, that, you know, I just, you know, and, and I, I, I told you this before, there's, there's been a couple of places I've went to where I've said, you know, I know you're the big fish in the little pond, but if we took your fire department and stuck it in a Dallas Fort Metroplex, you know what you'd be, you'd be just another fire department, you know, so why don't you grow up a little bit and act a little more professionally, you know, be ready, get dressed, do your job. And like you said, I, I got, I've done it how many times? Come here, who's got a hook? Who, no, who's got, or who's got a hellion? I got to tell, I got to tell that story. I know, I know we've told it before and I've told it before. I, just well, I know which it. one. I was hoping you would. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell a story about the 11 truck. I was in 11 truck. I was a young fireman in 11 truck. Oh, gosh, when was that, 81, 82 or 11 something like truck, 11 truck, busy place, too. 11 truck in, in FDMY back then was. Yeah, it sure was. It was a good place. And uh, somehow I snuck in there. I quite, I quite frankly don't know how that happened. But anyway, I got in there. It was a great place. It's, it's where I really do think I became a fireman. And uh, great guys. Richie Botto was, uh, was the, uh, like the senior man on the shift. He was the show for the regular show for it. I worked with him most of the time. And great, great guy. Had, had all sorts of little quirks that he did. Man, oh, man, like he would just never, I never saw him sitting down or laying down. He'd sit down and eat dinner, but never saw him. He'd be walking around all day and all night, just walking around the firehouse. And they said, if you want to drive him crazy, you go hide somewhere. Because I think his, I think his routine was he'd walk around and he'd see who was in the kitchen. Then he'd walk upstairs and look around, see who's here, who's there. And he liked keeping count of everybody, you know. So like taking it. <laughs> and if he didn't see you, if he couldn't find you, then he really started looking for you, you know. So one guy said, oh, yeah, one time I went down to the basement. And I went into the, like the oil burner was in a room, but it wasn't a regular door. It was just like a, like a metal, a metal a metal door, but it didn't go to the floor. It was like a hatchway door. You had to climb up to get in. He said, I climbed up and went in there. I put a chair off to the side and I sat down. I'm reading a book just to see if he could find me. And I closed that metal door. He said, you know, an hour and a half later, that door opened up and he stuck his head in and he found me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Bardo was a great guy. He just passed away. He had MS and he, and he, and he got sick. Oh. He got sick bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it upset me because he died and they didn't advertise it or let anybody know or nothing until after it was over. And I was so upset because I always said, no matter when it happens, I'll be at his wake. I'll be at his funeral, you know, and I sort of got cheated out of it. I know that sounds silly, but I want to go pay my respects. Anyway, Richie Bardo was the, uh, and he was a jokester as well. So here we are at a, at a big job and probably a vacant old law tenement. There were a lot of vacants down there at the time. We had flies out the gazoo, top floor, pulling ceilings and this and that. And uh, it's crowded, as always. You know, we got plenty of staffing in the FDNY, so there was, of course, plenty of people up there. And uh, also, he, he turns around, and he said, like I said, yelling to the other room, hey, who's got a hook? Get over here. He turns around and says, uh, hey, give me a hook to me. He says, I turn around. He says, no, you, give me, give me the hook. I said, no, 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 no. What, what, what do you want done? Now, this is me with a year and a half on a job, and him with however many he had, 18 years, let's say. Right. Give, give, give me the hook. I just got to pull something. I'll give it right back to you. I said, no, no, Rich. I'm I'm good. I got it. I need to pull some ceilings myself. He says, too crowded in here. Give me the damn hook. So I relented and I gave him the hook. <laughs> and he turns around and he goes, wing, and he wings it out the back window. There was no window or glass in the frames or anything. It was an old vacant building. It was just a big square opening. Wing right out the back window into the weed-filled yard. I'm like, oh, God. Now, immediately, as soon as it left his hand, I was embarrassed. He didn't do anything wrong. I did. That was my fault. Now what do I do? Down the floor, down the six stories, down the stairway, out the door in the front. Everybody's looking at me like, where are you going? Make a right-hand turn down the alley, out in the backyard, find it. Luckily, it's not busted. Wooden handle hook. Walk all the way back up there. It was a great, 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 great lesson. I've told that story, I would have to say, hundreds of times. You know, it's just a great – and I'm not telling anybody here to throw – tools out the windows you hit somebody or something you'd be in trouble but what a great lesson it was for me don't give up your dang tool your tool is like your hand it's an extension of you somebody wants something done and you got the you got the hook by all means call for hooks i got a hook right here what do you need and and push your way through and push your way i got a hook i got an axe i got a housing i'm not saying it's some operation where a firefighter's trapped and they're down in a hole and you got to pass something down to them that's a different story i'm talking about 
typical routine interior structural fire operation where there's nothing dramatic going on. You got your tool. You're the one. And another thing is, who can afford to give up an episode of pulling ceilings or forcing a door or trimming a window? You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you get to do that? I came to this fire too. I want to pull ceilings. That's, That's my experience that I'm giving up if I give you the hook, you know? So officers should as well pay attention to that and, and make that clear to their to their firefighters. The tool is an extension of yourself. You take care of that tool. You maintain them. You clean them after the run. You put the different color tape on them or the, or the rope and the stuff on the handle. You take, by all means, you should use it. You shouldn't be handing it off to somebody else. Yeah, take care of your tools. Take pride in your tools. You know, when they, once you've made a comment about Chicago, you look at Timmy Oak or, or Gord North's photos, the only time you see a Chicago firefighter without a tool in his hand is if he's the nozzleman, dragging hose, or going back to pick up. You know, you can always go, okay, you look at the front piece, and he's he or she's walking out to go grab some more hose or pick up because it says engine on the front. Every one of the truck guys is carrying something, you know. And Boy, his pictures are great, aren't they? Oh, God, they're awesome. I was just looking at a bunch today on Facebook. One is better than the next. Even oh. just pictures of guys' faces and helmets and stuff at jobs. He's great. With tools in their hands. But, but you know, and John, and I, I just want to kind of finish this one up with, you know, again, I'm trying to do the best I can as a firefighter, right? I'm standing there with my crew waiting for an assignment. And I'm just going to go back to, you come and take my tool from me and I give it to you. And then the chief turns around and says, okay, you know, Wichita West, I need you to go inside and do this, this. And now I have nothing in my hands. And then I have to go find this guy that's got my, you know, so I'm telling my captain, well, hang on with that assignment. I have to go find my tool and get it back for this guy before we go in. And this other chief's looking, probably going, why don't you, yeah, I just give you, what the hell are you guys doing? You, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just saying to a lot of the young firefighters out there, just because the schoolyard bully shows up, you know, a firefighter is a firefighter. I don't care where the hell you're from. We should be working together. We should have a common respect for each other, volunteer a career or whatever. And if we're fighting fires together, you know, um, I think if somebody got jammed up, if somebody got trapped, I think we're going to go after them regardless of who they are, where they come from, what their helmet front says. Um, that should work when it comes to tools, when it comes to working as a team. Stop working independently. Stop, stop thinking you're the only show in town. Be, be yep. part of the team. You know, I have no place in my life, you know, when it comes to fire service for individuals. You know, the, you There's know, no John, I in team, right? There's no right. letter I in team. Well, and, and you know what? Part of that's a lead. And we, we said this. It's a leadership deal that those are company officers who have bred that into their people who have turned around and they, and these guys know their guys aren't bringing the right tools. They know that they're, you know, and they know the attitude and they hear the talk and they hear it. And even the chiefs, you know, right. What did, what did chief Brunacini, Alan Brunacini say? You can't, you can't shit up. You know what? You look at the leadership and you go, well, you can hang all the certifications you want on the wall and all those diplomas. When the rubber meets the road, we're out there fighting fires, doing our stuff. Let, Let, you know, uh, be ready, bring your tools with you, you know, and, and let's get the job done. But, but just because you didn't bring the right tool, don't try to make me look like an ass, you know, uh, because you right. weren't prepared. So anyway, <sighs> I'm, I'm glad I got that done. That, that's really been bothering me. I just you get uh, that off your chest. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I mean, from, from, from a chief telling you that, you know, we have no manners up, up in the North, but you know, up in Chicago, I'm like, really? Um, and then, like I said, the entertainment, John was just watching people try to work, you know, uh, with their tools when, you know, they, they what little tool work they've had has just been bumbling around in a fire trying to do something. And 
the proofs in the pudding. So, you know, and, I, and I'll end it with this one, John. I'm really hoping I run into this guy again one day and he kind of comes up and gives you that half look like, all right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And just say, you know, I, my bad. I should have had the right tool with me. And, you know, I didn't mean to come across the wrong way. And hey, you know what? What, what do you do? You say, that's all right, buddy. Let's go have some fun and, you know, go pull some ceiling, right? It, it brings to mind another Brunacini saying, right? Be nice. Be nice. Just be nice. How, how easy it is to be nice. Hey, can, can I borrow your hook for a second? Nah, I'll help you. Ah, come on, this way. Go. You could have been such a, could have almost been a positive experience. Oh. I said, boy, what a nice guy I met on the fire tonight, you know? It could have been one of those, exactly, one of those incidents where the next job, I'm looking for that guy going, hey, Tommy, Tommy. Right. You could have made hey. a new friend instead hey, of a what's new going enemy. On? <laughs> come on, let's, yeah, let's go get this thing instead of, you know, but uh, the choice is yours. You can play nice or you can you can uh, be arrogant and think you're all that. Absolutely. So. All right, buddy. Well, hey, if they uh, if they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. And we appreciate you listening again. Um, uh, spread the word uh, about old school and about uh, what we're trying to do here. We're just, uh, just John and I kicking back with no agenda, you know, no script, as you can tell, um, having fun talking. <laughs> and visiting if you if you're looking for any classes uh get a hold of us now because man oh man between uh how about it john between the new stuff and rebooking all the stuff because of covid the schedules and are the vaccine planned. and the covid plummeting and all sorts of stuff i think it's only a matter of time i think it's coming around the corner things are going to start open up again and hopefully we'll be back on the road oh yeah it's gonna it's gonna happen sooner so give us a call give us a shout if you're looking for anything uh in closing and one more thing oh go ahead buddy one more thing and hang on to your tools. Hang on to your tools. <laughs> hey, in closing, uh, we always ask you to please keep uh, the men and women serving our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, and, and as well, uh, we mentioned this uh, as much as we can as well, uh, our brothers and sisters in our law enforcement family. Remember, remember, never forgetting means never forgetting. Be safe. God bless you. And thanks for listening again.